welcome back. Um, we are Everything with the Girls, obviously. I'm Grace. I'm Lydia. And together we are just riding the waves of murder mysteries, spooky town, fun times. And we hope that you enjoyed our last episode. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this one. And we also hope you keep coming back and just hanging out with us because what else true is our jam. What else is there true to crime? do? In yeah, lockdown? exactly. And what else is there to do, really? Yeah. Um, so you have no you... excuse but to like support us. Exactly. If you yeah. do like us and you do like listening to us, please make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We have two reviews so far, not to brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and of course, follow us on Instagram and subscribe and like our photos and just generally help us out. That would be great. Yeah. So before we get started, um, we just wanted to. S- give a little viewer discretion this episode we are talking about deaths of children and infants um it's quite gruesome quite hard hitting so as much as we know you're all true crime fans but sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming um and if if that's too much for you then yeah viewer discretion listener discretion rather sorry yeah i wrote viewer when they're not actually we've we've warned you okay yeah. It's going to get real dark and real mysterious real quick. So, let's get started. Um, let's set the scene. It's 1902. 120 years ago, nearly. Quick maths. 119 yeah. years ago? Yeah, 119. Let's say that. <laughs> A man is doing some gardening at home. He's gardening and he comes across skeleton remains. Shocked and horrified, he obviously notifies the local authorities because he's an outstanding citizen. What he found were the remains of five infants that had been murdered. Each child had been strangled with white tape, wrapped in some kind of material, sprinkled with lime to reduce the smell of decay, and then buried. As investigators tried to identify these children, they realised that the man now lived in the former residence of an infamous baby murderer, Amelia Elizabeth Dyer who killed over 400 babies over several decades, and she is Britain's most famous baby farmer. I should, like, I know you've just said Britain's, but I never actually wrote that we are in Britain with this case. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, like, we are mostly. She's but... one of us. Not... Yeah, let's not put her in our category just yet, because she is a baby killer. Can you killer. just think about it? Imagine if you were, like, just doing the garden and you found a human body. Not even a child, uh, just a human. yeah you know what i always think is bizarre you know like when people are gardening and they find like an old world war ii bomb that's not exploded yet or something mm. <laughs> i'm just like oh well, do you know God. what creeps me out is when people who go on dog walks and stuff find dead bodies in the in the forest yeah yeah that freaks me out i know the idea it's of just... that gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah it's just awful isn't it so amelia dyer was born in 1837 in a small village of pile marsh east of bristol you know that reminds you know that eel marsh house on woman in black no have you not seen the woman in black yeah yes yeah, so it's called eel marsh house yeah is it? okay and then just the the image of this woman it just reminds me of the woman in black and i'm like really <laughs> maybe she was a real person because <laughs> the woman in black kills children as well Oh, yeah, of course she does. Yeah. So she was the daughter of the master shoemaker, Samuel Holbley, and Sarah Holbley. Amelia learned to read and write and developed a love for literature and poetry. 
However, her childhood was marred by the mental illness of her mother, caused by typhus. Amelia witnessed her mother's violent fits and was obliged to care for her until she died, raving, in 1848. In 1861, at the age of 24, Amelia moved into lodgings at Trinity Street, Bristol. There, she met and married George Thomas. George was 59 years of age, everybody. Yeah. And they both lied about their ages on the marriage certificate to reduce the age gap, thus reducing the judgment from people. Hmm. Yeah. George deducted 11 years from his age and Amelia added six years to hers. I mean, he deducted 11. He, he must be looking good to 11, pass with that. Yeah, I was, yeah. Like. During the marriage, Amelia and George had at least one child, a daughter, that remained close to her, even working with her later in life. And this child will come into the story later on. Just oh. keep a mental note of that. As a married woman, Amelia trained as a nurse and a midwife. And during her studies, Amelia met a woman that introduced her into the world of baby farming. It was possible for midwives to make money off the unfortunate circumstances of single women who were pregnant, which at this time was a massive taboo. Like, yeah. Women would get, like, disowned and everything, wouldn't they? Mm. For a brief time, Amelia operated her own boarding house for pregnant, unmarried women. After Amelia assisted the women in the delivery of their infants, they paid her to care for the newborns. Some women left the boarding house, never caring what happened to their unwanted babies, and others wrote to Dyer, who rarely replied to the letters. So they wrote to see how their children were getting on. Like, I think it was like quite common as well for them to leave the children there until they were of a certain age, like, so the women could like earn money and save up and things like that in order to look after the child, because initially they wouldn't be able to work and things That's like that. That's actually mad, because I've never heard of baby farming to oh, it was, it was a massive thing here, and it was legal I've as never well. Heard of to that. an extent, yeah, it was legal as well. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it's like there was there were these massive like it was almost like an orphanage as well, and women would be allowed to drop their children there for like seven. Like they had like a, a a time limit of seven years, and then they went to pick them up, paid a fee, and then took the children home again. Mm. Because obviously the child for their, that first seven years of their life they need the most care don't they like because mm. you can't leave them like you can't leave them to work yeah um but yeah as she maintained her career as a nurse midwife and baby farmer amelia suffered from mental breakdowns and suicidal thoughts there was a suspicion that dyer was faking her mental illness as she seemed to only suffer mental breakdowns when people became suspicious of the number of children that died in her care Regardless, she did make one serious suicide attempt. She consumed two bottles of laudanum, a combination of morphine and codeine that taste extremely bitter. Apparently, I've never tried it, if I'm honest. But she obviously wasn't successful. Years of extreme alcohol consumption and opium use had caused her to build up a tolerance. So that's why she'd survived it, because she needed just that little bit more. She can't even die. Exactly. So let's talk about baby farming in England then, because I don't know, I didn't know nothing about this. Yeah. So in Victorian Britain, the circumstances for most unmarried mothers were bleak. They faced a life of struggle caring for their children whilst earning enough to survive in a society where single parenthood and illegitimacy were frowned upon. The Poor Law Amendment Act of 1834 made it so that fathers of illegitimate children were not obligated by law to support their children financially leaving many women without options. 
That's mental. Mm. That's so backwards. I know. That actually makes me mad, but... At least it's changed we now. Won't, we won't get into that. Yeah. The women in trouble would place an advertisement in a newspaper see- seeking a loving couple to adopt their baby. Baby farmers often answer such ads, promising to provide the child with a happy and healthy life and home. Can you Do you Some, remember what that reminds you of? Ian Brady reminds, was adopted. Yeah, because, Ian Brady, yeah. Yeah, he was adopted because his mum put an uh, ad in the newspaper or on like, the notice board. God, if only a baby farmer had answered that one. Oh, fuck it out. Sometimes the situation would be temporary, while other times it was considered a permanent arrangement. Societal norms and government avoidance created a world where Amelia Elizabeth Dyer would flourish as a baby farmer and a murderer. So this is where we come into the not-so-nice bit. So another, just a warning for you. Yeah. Recently widowed and with a daughter to support, she learned of the practice from a colleague. In 1869, she began advertising in local papers, stating, Married couple with no family would adopt healthy child, nice country home, terms £10. Which I don't know how much that is in uh, these days, but I think that was like, hundred quid plus like Mm. amelia was keen to make money from baby farming and alongside taking in expectant women she advertised to nurse and adopt a baby in return for a substantial one-off payment and adequate clothing for the child in her advertisements and meetings with clients she assured them that she was respectable and married and that she would provide a safe and loving home for the child in 1872, Amelia married William Dyer, a brewer's labourer from Bristol. They had two children together, Marianne, also known as Polly, which I never understand. In no way is Polly, the name Polly, related to Marianne, so what <laughs> the fuck are you calling her Polly for? That's probably like a nickname, isn't it? Like, it's, uh, does she look like a parrot? Like, what? what's going on there? <laughs> and they also had William Samuel. Amelia eventually left her husband. I mean, I don't think we need to say any more than that. In already overcrowded cities, it was relatively easy for Amelia to operate her baby farming business with little suspicion. Because poverty was prevalent in England, many people went hungry and infant mortality rates were very high at the time. When a baby died, their cause of death may read stability from birth or lack of breast milk while wealthy women were able to send their children out to nurse poor single women relied on baby farmers neglect of children was common in the 19th century but murder was rare when amelia dyer obtained a new baby she immediately began the process of killing it by starvation the cries of a hungry baby are unmistakable to hide the cries dyer used godfrey's cordial known as mother's friend the cordial was a mixture of syrup and opium as Dyer gave the children the elixir, they remained sedated. As they starved to death, which took time, they did so without making so much of a fuss. Once the child was dead, Dyer would contact a doctor to examine the child, declare it dead and take the body away. If a doctor became suspicious of the number of children that died in Amelia's care, she simply moved to a new town or had a mental breakdown and entered an asylum. Because that solves all your problems. In 1879, a doctor that Amelia had called on to certify the death of a child grew suspicious. After an investigation, Amelia served six months of hard labour. Prisoners sentenced with hard labour usually did manual tasks for all their waking hours. The tasks could include labouring in a prison workshop, 
prison farm, or simply moving rocks from one pile and creating a new pile. When in, that's, that sounds like prison now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> when Amelia completed her sentence and was released, she resumed her career as a nurse and baby farmer with one major change. Dyer learnt from her initial conviction when she returned to baby farming, she would not involve physicians and began disposing of the bodies herself to avoid any added risk. She also relocated frequently to avoid suspicion and took up the use of aliases. From 1880 on, Amelia Dyer disposed of the bodies of the babies that she killed, making her a prolific serial killer. Within a few hours of acquiring a new infant, she would wrap white dressmaking tape around its neck. Death was not instantaneous. According to her own confession, Dyer stated that she liked to watch them with the tape around their neck as they gasped for air. Ugh. When the, I know, that's like, fuck, that's next level. Because <sighs> you're reading this and thinking, cool, she's just desperate for money and she's doing it a fucked up way. Yeah, but then she's taking enjoyment out of it. Like, but now I it's like... can honestly learn about a case where you're talking about dismembering bodies, all that sort of, when it comes to children, I'm like, oh god you are like the lowest of the low like but they're like baby babies as well i know and it's like i just can't when the children were dead Dyer would wrap them in cloth and bury them or she would tie rocks to them and throw them in the thames but that's hot is there babies in the thames still then I, when i was writing this i was thinking like how many bodies are in the thames yeah like that not is even not just even, babies not even this case yeah. in general yeah like, there's bodies in there it's just awful isn't it it's creepy, yeah. Birth mothers would send Dyer letters asking for word on the well-being of their children, but by the time Dyer had received the letters, the children were long dead. And, I mean, she'd probably moved house as well by then. Yeah. On March 30th, 1896, a bargeman on the Thames noticed a package floating in the river. He retrieved it and found the bodies of a dead baby girl and a boy. Forensics, which was in its infancy, obviously, linked the material used to wrap the babies to Amelia Dyer. The police placed a decoy advertisement seeking a loving couple to take a newborn. I don't know exactly how they linked her. It might come up. I know, but... that's mad, isn't it? To think to think that not only is forensic in its infancy, but you're also dumb enough to get caught by it. But I think... I don't know if I have it in here, which I might do, but I'm not too sure. But I think... On the, on the wrapping, it had some sort of logo or something that linked, not necessarily to her, but they could link it to her. Do you know what I mean? So maybe it was like for something on the road that she lived in, that sort of thing. The thing is as well, she's been doing this for like over 20 years at this point. So yeah, I know. She's pretty much... But people get too cocky. We say this all the yeah, time. Yeah, she's you pretty get much too not worried. Yeah. yeah. As Amelia left her home to meet her new client on April the 3rd, 1896 she was greeted by four police officers when they entered her apartment they encountered the overwhelming stench of rotting flesh which i i just can't even imagine the smell like mm. i just i've never had to encounter a dead body thankfully like but then just if you think about it she's killed over 400 babies in a certain period of time yeah oh yeah while they didn't find any dead babies at the time, they did find enough evidence in the form of letters, advertisements, telegrams and opium to charge her with murder. Amelia Dyer was placed on trial for the murder of three babies and on May the 22nd, 1896, a jury found Dyer guilty within four and a half minutes. <laughs> this mad. bitch is going down. <laughs> yeah, you're guilty. See you later. 
During the next three weeks, she filled five notebooks with her last and true confession. Amelia Dyer was hung at exactly 9am on the 10th of June. Oh, sorry. The 10th of June is the birthday of this podcast, guys. So I'm just... Just <laughs> that's mad that you remember that well it's because i looked it up before being like how long have we been doing this before for and it's the 10th mm. of june that we we first published our first uh podcast episode while 14 murders have been directly linked to dia experts believe that she murdered over 300 babies during her career as a baby farmer adoption laws were subsequently made stricter obviously mm. giving local authorities the power to police baby farms in the hope of stamping out abuse Despite this and the scrutinising of newspaper personal ads, the trafficking and abuse of infants did not stop. Obviously, because there's People so much prejudice on single women having babies. Oh. That's why it's not stopping. Two years after Dyer's execution, railway workers inspecting carriages at Newton Abbott, Devon, found a parcel. Inside was a three-week-old baby girl. Though cold and wet, she was still alive. The daughter of a widow, Jane Hill, the baby had been given to Mrs. Stewart for £12. She had picked up the baby at Plymouth and dumped her on the next train. It had been claimed that Mrs. Stewart was Polly, the daughter of Amelia Dyer. The legacy continues. Damn it. Because the murders occurred during the same period, some believe that Amelia Dyer and Jack the Ripper are one in the same, and that the Ripper's victims were botched abortions committed by Dyer. Although there is little evidence to back this theory. That's mad. I've never heard of that. I know. It's mad, isn't it? Or or Jack the Ripper is Amelia Dyer's son. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. But like, I mean wow. it doesn't really back it up because like their kidneys and everything were removed, weren't they? Like I mean also when was her son born? He'd only be sixteen max. Yeah. No, maybe not. But still. Yeah. That'd be exciting. Yeah. So there. See, I thought this was a really long one because I did the research so long ago. But again, it's a short one. We've only been recording for 23 minutes. Wow. Sorry to make it so short. but Like, are we just getting better at this or is our research getting worse? (laughs) Yeah. We're just like missing all the important facts. No. (laughs) Um, I think it's just one of those things. I think if you want cases that aren't as famous, mm. then unfortunately there's not as much research for us to look at. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even but, when I was um, looking for podcasts to listen to about it, it was like, you know, like the really theatrical podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't listen to them. I can't yeah. listen to like the robo sounding podcasts. Yeah. And I'm just like, stop. This isn't a midnight special. Like, I just want mm. the information of what happened. Um, but yeah. So that's it, guys. Well, guys, who am I? The murders committed by Amelia Dyer. It's weird to think like... She killed over 400 infants and yet she's not known as like the worst serial killer in history. It's weird. It's one of those things that like you wouldn't get it was it was common at that time. You wouldn't get away with that now. No. But like it's just that like you when you think of like prolific serial killers you think of like Ted Bundy and Agin and all that sort of thing. No, none of them had anywhere near the body count she did. Yeah, I think it's because so people why? get so People get so interested in looking at the psychology of it all, don't they? But with someone like Amelia Dyer, like... She did it out... Not necessarily I mean, at some necessity, point she was, but, at, like... Obviously, at some point, it turned into, like, a psychological thing. But to start with, it was, how can I make money fast? She literally found a gap in the market. 
yeah women needed support and then it just spiraled from there like yeah um yeah so yeah so yeah that's, that's it. it it's a bit gruesome yeah. but i mean it's pretty interesting yeah i, th- I thought so like especially because we don't really have this sort of crime like talked mm. about so when no. you finally find a case that is about it you're like oh this is interesting like female serial killer yeah yeah so we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did leave us a comment on our instagram and let us know any other cases you'd like us to cover especially like if they're going to have a lot of information on it because then we'll do longer episodes follow us on our instagram page at everything the girls pod and subscribe to us on spotify and apple podcast please if you like this episode or any of the others please leave us a review on apple podcasts don't be a dick about it though <laughs> i'm gonna just dick. add that in every time <laughs> you should make t-shirts don't be a dick don't be a dick <laughs> um yeah, so we'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah but yeah so that's it we'll see you next week or you'll hear us next week at least yeah. Have a fantastic week in lockdown and hopefully we'll know more if we're coming out of it at any point or not next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. See you later. See ya. Bye.